Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. Hey, hey. How about those red skin? Come on. <laughs> Dr. Aiken, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. It's an honor for me to be here. And I send greetings from Prestonwood Baptist Church with uh, Dr. Jack Graham and Mike Buster. Uh, and I've been wanting to be here for a long time. I've been in New Orleans all week um, for an NFL summit. And part of what I do now is I serve as a transition coach for guys that are leaving the NFL, transitioning into private life. And about 80 to 85% of our guys within three years have a very, very difficult time as they leave football and enter into what we call private life. And so I help them, I usher them uh, through that process uh, in being honorable citizens, financial literacy, uh, counseling, Christian counseling, marriage, and so forth and so on. And so I've been in New Orleans, but I couldn't wait to get here. And I'm happy to be here. This campus is beautiful. I don't even think I would go to class if I was on campus. <laughs> Am I supposed to say that? I'm sorry, Dr. Aiken. I'm fine. <laughs> don't go to class. Just pray. <laughs> pray and you shall receive. Just ask the Lord. I'm just playing, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, I told Jerry Jones, you know, the Cowboys are moving their new world headquarters to Frisco, Texas. I live in Frisco. And the district that I serve in the Texas House of Representatives is Frisco, part of it. And the Cowboys are moving their facility to my district. And at Jerry's press conference, when he announced to the world that he was moving to Frisco, he said, does anybody have any questions? And so everybody was asking questions, you know, the media and different kind of reporters and this, that, and the other. And so I stood up and I was the last person. I said, Mr. Jerry, I have a question. And everybody looked like, who is this guy? And so I said, my name is Scott Turner. And I'm from Richardson, Texas, which is just right up the street. And in 1995, I was in the NFL rookie draft, and you let me go to the Redskins. <laughs> and I said, I'm from here. You wouldn't even have to buy me a plane ticket. All I had to do is drive to the facility, and Jerry turned beat red. <laughs> and he said, well, Scotty, I'm so happy to see you, and you've been doing great things after football. I said, yes, sir, you got to come see me now. <laughs> it's amazing how things come full circle, amen? You never know. He should have drafted. But anyway, I'm not bitter or anything. You know, I'm just from Dallas. But God is a faithful God. And guys, thank y'all for that worship. Y'all, let's give them a hand clap again. That was awesome. Thank you. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, our God, we praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you. We give you everything we have. We exalt you. We could go on and on about how faithful God is. Amen. And I was praying about what I was going to speak to you all about today. And, you know, you hear the harvest of people's life. You read about their accomplishments. You hear their bio, NFL, House of Representatives, great family, work with the NFL, all of these things that God has allowed me to do. But a lot of times you don't know the seed that have been sown the rocky roads that have been traversed, 
on the way to the mountaintop. And it's easy for guys to sit up here and say, say, look who I am and look what I've done. But I think that it's even more important to say, hey, this is where I've been. These are my struggles. This is the adversity that I have faced and this is how God delivered me from yesteryear, from yesterday until today and this is where we're going tomorrow, amen? And so some of my life verse of Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Seek me, run after me with all your heart and you shall find me. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Ephesians 3, 21. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask, or imagine. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this precious group of people. God, thank you for this wonderful, wonderful institution. Thank you for Dr. Aiken and his leadership and those that surround him. Thank you for these students, their families. God, I pray this morning that as we're in your presence, as we humble ourselves before you, that God, you would speak to us and speak through us. Father, I pray that the the story of my life, the things that you've taught me, the things that you've brought me through. Lord Jesus, that it would be an encouragement, a challenge, and a blessing to all who hear. I humble myself before you. God, you're awesome. You are great and mighty. And I thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for these students. And God, I pray that when we leave this place, that we will be better in you, that we will be closer to you, that our hearts will be touched by your presence and by your word. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. So Richardson, Texas is where I grew up. It's right outside of Dallas, it's a suburb of Dallas. I grew up with two very hardworking parents who loved me very much, Eric Turner and Essie Turner. Anybody ever heard the name Essie before? That's my mama's name, her name is Essie Dean. Now that's a country name. Her twin's name is Lessie Dean, Essie and Lessie. And I asked my granny before she passed away, and I preached her funeral, and I told the church that I said, I asked granny, granny, where did you get those names, Essie and Lessie? And I was looking for some intellectual answer. She said, I got it at the newspaper. <laughs> it's the simple things in life. So my father, Eric, and my mother, Essie, two very hardworking people, neither of them ever attended college, been working all their lives, got married when they were 18 years old. But one particular day, I was 10 years old, and I came home from school, and there was a very peculiar situation going on in my home. My mother was standing on this side of the threshold of the front door, and my father was standing on that side, and it looks like they were having an intense conversation. And I came home as a 10-year-old little boy, and I had a little bit of the sermon. I said, what's going on? And my father said, Scotty, everything is going to be okay, but your mom and I, we can't get along, and so we're going to separate. And two things simultaneously happened at that moment. One, is I saw my family union fractured and broken and never to be the same. And two, God dropped a dream and a vision in my heart. And so I saw my father leave our house, and I was standing there with my mother who was crying, crying. 
reflecting on the last 10 years that they had been married, now having a 10-year-old son and a two-year-old infant daughter that they just adopted just a year and a half earlier. And my father's leaving our house, and I'm standing there with my mother, and I looked at her, I said, Mama, one day, I'm going to play in the NFL, and I'm going to take care of you. God dropped a dream and a vision. I didn't know how to articulate it, but that's what I said to my mama. I'm going to play, and I'm going to take care of you. Now, my mama calls me Pookie, okay? Don't tweet that. <laughs> no, you can't. It's cool. She said, Pookie, you can do anything. Trust God. Set your mind to it. And you could do it. Now, you're talking about a woman who had been abused physically, verbally, emotionally, spoke life into her son as her husband was leaving the home and said, you can do it in spite of what you see. And the Bible said, don't fix your eyes on what you see because it's going to change. But fix your eyes on what you don't see because it's eternal. And so fast forward three years later, Again, two things happened simultaneously. I looked at my mother who struggled, who I would hear in the midnight hour crying, crying out to God, asking him, how am I going to take care of my son? How am I going to take care of my daughter? We have no money, no food. She's beaten, battered, broken, but had a tremendous birth. I heard it. And I went to my mom and I made a big boy to see it. I said, mama, I'm going to go live with daddy so that you don't have to worry about me. Just take care of sister. So I left the nurturing arms of my mother and went to go live with the father who wasn't as nurturing, hardworking, yes, but not a believer, not saved in Christ yet, not knowing how to give nor to receive love, who had been an abuser, who had been a gambler, a drinker. I left my mama who loves Jesus and went to go be with my father so my mama would not have to worry about me, never to live with her again until I was a grown man and took her into my home. Well, the other thing is happened that I accepted Jesus. Mount Pisgah, Missionary Baptist Church, the Turner family and the Fields family planted this church in 1898 in Dallas, Texas. And I walked down that aisle on March the 12th, 1984, and gave my heart to Jesus. I went to a high school J.J. Pierce High School in Richardson, Texas, the mighty Mustangs. And while I was at J.J. Pierce, I was a good student, read my Bible. My mama said, ever since I learned how to read, I've been reading my Bible. I didn't always live like the Bible told me to live. I know I'm the only one in here, but we're being transparent. Played football and ran track, and one day my father showed up at the school. Football practice. He never showed up to football practice because he was always working. My dad had two jobs as long as I've known him. But he showed up on this particular day. He said, Sky, the practice is over. Get in the car. And I said, well, where are we going? He said, I'm taking you to work. And I said, well, I don't have a job. I was 16. He said, well, you do now. And he drove me. And that was a long, silent ride because I didn't know where I was going. He took me to this place called Spring Creek Barbecue. Spring Creek Barbecue is the best barbecue in Texas. And in my opinion, in the United States. Now y'all might argue with me, but that's okay. He took me to Spring Creek Barbecue. We went in the back door. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't have to do that anymore, man. 
Oh, y'all got it, all right. So we went in the back door, and his manager met us in the kitchen. And he had this white robe, the kind you can get wet and throw away. He said, welcome to Spring Creek Barbecue. You're our new dishwasher. And he put this robe in my chest. I took the robe from him. I said, man, I'm not a dishwasher. I said, do you know who I am? I'm Scott Turner, number 42. J.J. Pierce High School, starting running back. You know, the guy that scores all the touchdowns, you know that guy? He looked at me and he said, man, shut up and put the robe on. <laughs> I wasn't exercising godly humility at that time. So my father said, okay, Scotty, in order to be a successful dishwasher, well, who wants to be that? <laughs> he said, this is what you got to do. So he took me in the dish room. And he said, you have to have a system by which you wash the dishes. Take your pots and your pans, your plates, your silverware, and your glasses. And you rinse them off when the bus boys bring them in. You rinse them off and you put them in this red tray and make sure they're rinsed off real good. Then you slide them down this line until that hot thing down there called a dishwasher. And you slide it in there, run the dishwasher, and you do it over and over and over again so that the restaurant has clean utensils, pots, plates, plain. I said, okay, I got it. So my father showed me that, and he left about 5.30. So about an hour, everything was going good. I'm washing. Well, about 6.30, everybody in Richardson showed up at Spring Creek Barbecue. The line was out the door. And so here I am, and I'm in the dish room, and I'm washing dishes, and all the bus boys are bringing in, you know, all the dirty dishes, and I'm getting piled up and stacked up. I'm panicking. I can't keep up. They're saying all kind of stuff to me in languages I don't understand, but I know it wasn't nice. And here I am. I'm panicking. There's no clean pots in the restaurant, no silverware, no nothing. Managers yelling. Have y'all ever panicked or had an anxiety attack? And then, you know, I just threw the robe in the trash and I ran to the phone. I called my father. Hey, man, come pick me up. I'm not a dishwasher. I don't want to do this. I'm a football player. And my father said, Scott, he said, you will never quit. Not today, not ever. Boom, hugging the phone up in my face. And I'm looking at the phone like, what? Well, back then, the phone was connected to the wall. <laughs> and I walked that phone way back to that. It was like the walk of shame. But I thought to myself, I'm so glad my father hung up on me that day because he taught me a valuable lesson, never to quit. I was 16 then. I'm 44 now, and by God's grace, I've never quit anything in my life. Well, from that point on, I had a made-up mind. I went back into that dish room, and for the next four years, I was the best dishwasher that ever came through Spring Creek Barbecue history. And in the wall, on the wall in the kitchen now is my picture. There he is, the greatest dishwasher in the history of Spring Creek Barbecue. It's not there for real, but I'm just saying that. <laughs> Whatever you put your hands to, be excellent. 
The Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Faithful with the little, God will bless you with much. Am I speaking to anybody? I was a dishwasher. I tell people all the time, I'm just a former dishwasher from Spring Creek Barbecue. That's all I am. But by God's grace, I am who I am. Amen? And so I left Spring Creek Barbecue, went to the University of Illinois on a football scholarship, football academic scholarship. I studied speech communications while I was there at Illinois. I went in as an international business major with a minor in Japanese. That lasted for six weeks. And after I got my first test, my counselor said, baby, you might want to consider another career path. And so I said, yes, ma'am, I want the speech come, and I'm glad I did. Well, while at Illinois, I got recruited as a running back. I was a running back all my life. And I also ran track at Illinois. But football and track took two different paths. Immediately in track, I was doing great. I was All-American, two-time Big Ten champion. We won the Big Ten championship. Track was going great. It was wonderful. But I wasn't there for track. Track was just like extra credit to keep me in shape. Football was the ticket. Football was the dream. But the first three years at Illinois, I couldn't even get on the field. Here I am, a kid with a dream. At the school, because of my athletic ability on the football field and my grades, and three years into my career, you only get four years to prove yourself. Three years into my career, I sporadically paid, played, couldn't get on the field, I wasn't a starter, and on top of that, the third year, I suffered a broken jaw and missed eight games. How many know my dream was looking real dim? People began to talk. Hey man, you might want to consider something else. Hey man, I don't think that NFL thing is gonna work out. You cannot share your dreams with everybody, amen? Be careful who you share your dreams with because people have a peculiar way of telling you how and what your life is and should be and what you can and cannot do. And you ought to alter your dreams. I'm not talking about godly counsel. I'm talking about people. You might wanna just run track. The Olympic trials are coming up in a couple years. That might be your ticket. So here I am, third year in, broken jaw, hadn't been on the field. And the coaches come to me one day, Scotty, we're gonna switch you from running back to defensive back. Now mind you, I've never backpedaled a day in my life. And now before my senior year, you want to take me from what I know into something that I don't know? From where I've been comfortable all my life, now putting me in a place of discomfort? But you know, sometimes God will take you out of the confines of safety and be in comfort to put you in a place to propel you into your destiny, amen? Sometimes God will take you from that which you know into a place that you don't know, but do you trust him? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. I didn't understand why in my senior year they wanted to change my position. I only have one year left, but God said, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Not declares the coach. God uses the coach. He uses people as vessels. Do you trust him? I said, okay, coach, I'll do it. The very first time that I backpedaled, in live competition, I fell down, literally. Y'all can laugh, I know you want to. 
It was the spring football game. 16,000 screaming students. Very first play, I backpedaled and fell, hit the ground, literally. Anybody here ever been humiliated before? What's that one Southwest commercial say, just want to get away? <laughs> but as soon as I hit the ground, I got back up. And I kept backpedaling. And y'all, from that day forward, day and night, I taught myself how to backpedal. I honed my craft. I became excellent at the position that God had now put me in, and I ended up winning a starting job. From a guy who had been starting for three years at that position, and he was my friend, but I had a vision. I had a dream. When guys would go out and party and do all these things, I would be in my room jump roping, backpedaling, backpedaling backwards, jump roping backwards because I knew where I was going to go. And if this did not line up with my dream, I didn't want it. Started all year. Had a good season, couple interceptions, few tackles. We had the number one defense in the country. Number one, and I was a starter. It was a dream come true. Now the NFL Combine, anybody ever heard of Combine? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, good. So the NFL Combine is in Indianapolis, Indiana. They invite about 300 players out of 1 million college football players, 300 get an invitation to come to Combine. And that's where all the owners are, general managers, player personnel. If you want to show your stuff, you want to go to the Combine. Well, I'm a starter. Number one defense in the country. I got it all mapped out. I'm going to the combine. Well, I was in grad school at the time. And I would go to class and come home because the invitations were starting to come out. And I would come home and look in the mailbox. Oh, okay, it's not there today. It's all right. Buddy started getting the invitations. Come home the next day. Boom, Dr. Aiken, one week. I looked in the mailbox every day. No invitation ever came. Have you ever been looking for something and it never showed up? Expecting something and it never happened? Another opportunity to throw in the towel. Another opportunity to quit. Now people really start talking. You didn't even get invited to the combine, man. Come on. It's not going to happen. They don't know you. Train for the Olympics, man. Please, we don't want to see you suffer. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above do I still believe this? I don't have an invitation. But remember, God doesn't need an invitation to the combine to move. What are you looking for that hadn't showed up yet? What are you expecting that hadn't came? What dream or vision do you have that doesn't seem likely at this moment. Well, my buddy threw me the keys to his apartment. 
He said, watch my apartment while I'm gone. I'm like, what? I want to go to the combine too. I don't want to watch your apartment. I'm thinking this. But I remember that day at Spring Creek where I lacked godly humility. I took his keys. I got you. I'll make sure your apartment's clean when your parents come. Matter of fact, I'll get all your homework from your professors while you're gone so you don't get behind. He's going where I want to go. He's fulfilling the dream that I have. I served him. They went to Indianapolis to combine. I was in Champaign in Illinois. I went to class. Came home from class, but I didn't look in the mailbox anymore. I put on my workout clothes. It's February, it's cold, it's rain, and it's snow, it's ice in Illinois. I put my workout clothes and jumped in my 1987 Nissan Maxima with no windshield wipers. I had rain eggs and no door panels on the door. I was poor, but I had a car, and it was mine, and it was paid for. Anyway, I would get in that car and drive over to the stadium, Memorial Stadium. Sat about 80,000 people, three tiers. And I was staying at the bottom of that stadium all by myself. And I would look up to the top and I said, I'm gonna get from here to there as fast as I can. I'll take a boom, one step at a time, two at a time, three at a time, over and over and over, all the way to the top and back down to the bottom, over and over and over again. One time I was coming down, I couldn't even feel my legs. They were hurting so bad. And I slipped on the concrete ice step and I rolled down that last tier. Anybody ever fallen before? I hit my head, I hit my bottom, I was bruised, I was battered, I was beat like Essie on the threshold of that door. See, you can do Trust God. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off and go boom. I went at it again. Why? Because I trust him. I believe God. I know the dream. I know the word he's spoken. People will be sitting up in the suites at the stadium looking. To this day, they don't know I saw them looking. What is he doing? It's 10 degrees. Combine is in Indianapolis. This is champagne. He's not going to the NFL. What in the world? Well, Combine was over. My agent called me. He said, Scotty, 22 teams are coming to the University of Illinois for a workout because they want to get a second look at the guys that were at the combine. And they said, you can work out too if you want to. So they threw me a bone. It didn't have much meat on it, but they threw it. <laughs> they came to Illinois, Jacksonville, uh, Carolina, Washington, San Diego, Oakland, you know, Denver, all of these schools came. Indianapolis, New England, and they came through the door with all of their regalia and all of their NFL gear and their clipboards and their whistles and their stopwatches, and they came here, all right, boys, let's line up. 
We're going to run the 40-yard dash. Anybody ever heard of the 40-yard dash? That's kind of like a litmus test in the NFL. And so all of my buddies who are the projected draft picks, they went before me, about five or six of them. And then when it came my turn, they looked at me, and I was like, man, what is this kid's name? Oh, Turner, come on, man. Like I'm wasting their time. Anybody ever felt obscure before? Or ignored? Or invisible? Or what have you? Well, here I am. They said, man, come on. We're going to go and let you run. But what they didn't know, I had been running them stupid stadium steps. I had been on that threshold with my mama. I already graduated. I've been in my word every single day. I've been out here running in this cold ice. I've been on my knee. My knees are scarred up professing the word of God. And so I stood on this starting line. And I looked down to the finish line of the 40-yard dash. I didn't see 22 men. I saw 22 stopwatches. And I said, I'm going to get from here to there as fast as I can. And I took a boom, I'm done. Seriously. Well, I crossed the finish line. And all I heard him say was, woo, son, where have you been? I said, man, I looked at my mailbox for a whole week. Y'all didn't send my invitation. 424. 422. 421. 427. 429 was the slowest time. 424. I was 23 years old when I ran that time that day. How old was I when I told mama I was going? Say it, 10. From 10 to 23 is how long? 13 years of preparation for four seconds. Changed my life forever. 13 years of not giving up. 13 years of not throwing in the towel. 13 years of saying yes when the enemy, when man, when my flesh, when the world said no, I said yes, God, I believe. 13 years for 4.2 seconds. I'm standing before you today. How about you? How long are you willing to hold on? How long are you willing to trust God? How long are you willing to stay on your knees, study, speak, memorize, eat, live this word? Don't fix your eyes on what you see because it's going to change. But fix your eyes on what you don't see because it's eternal. I went upstairs 
And all the coaches, all the secretaries, personnel, they had all got the news. And so everybody in there laughing and jumping and screaming and hollering and clapping. So joyful. Mascara running down the secretary's eyes. They crying because they've seen what I've been through. But one coach came out of his office. You know, the Bible said that the power of, the t- the power of life and death is in the tongue. One coach came out of his office and said, what is all this noise? What is all this clapping and yelling? What in the world is going on? I said, coach, I ran a 4-2. I'm so happy. He said, what? I said, I ran a 4-2 and a 40 for the scouts. He said, so what? You're not going to get drafted. Excuse me. I said, a 4-2. <laughs> he said, listen, Turner, listen, 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 listen. Then he put his hands on my face, listen, listen. You'll never play in the NFL. You'll never get drafted. They don't know you. You only played one year. You don't have enough experience. Go to the Olympics, because the NFL is not for you. I looked at him. I said, Coach, with all due respect, My faith is in God, number one, not in man. And I said, number two, I told my mama I was going to the NFL. I'm going. (laughs) You tell your mama something, you better keep your word. (laughs) Some of y'all in here today, and I'll wrap up. You may be at a point in your life where you're facing insurmountable odds. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. The dream has not yet come to fruition. The enemy is badgering you. Your flesh is weary. People are telling you it may not happen. You're discouraged at times. Depression and anxiety may try to creep in and show its ugly head. Let me encourage you. Get up off the couch of depression. Put your feet on the ground and put your fighting clothes on. Do not be anxious for anything, but in all things, give praise and thanksgiving and speak it. Lord God, I believe. God's word is true. Keep your finger on the trigger. Because that phone of opportunity is going to ring, I promise you. Question is, will you be ready when your time comes? Will you be ready? Are you putting the work in? Because when it comes, you got to jump. Whatever it is, you men and women, are the future leaders and leaders today of our society and our culture. They say that Christian people, Christian principles have no merit, have no value. They're obscure, obsolete if you will. 
You don't bring salt and light. That's what people say. That's what pop culture says. That's what the media says. But I say the contrary. Christian men and women and the values that we hold dear, virtue, morality, honesty, courage, righteousness, faith, purity, all of these things that we hear about and we speak about and we teach about every day absolutely bring worth and value in the society today. Don't quit. Please. Don't give up. Do not be weary in doing good because I promise you, in due season, your change is coming. Don't be weary in doing good. Put your fighting clothes on, baby. Put your feet on the ground. You look at that thing head on and say, I'm coming. I'm not scared of nothing. You're talking about the blood of the lamb that covers you. Jesus of Nazareth, who overcame death and hell. Oh, and by the way, we got the best playbook in the world. I got defensive playbooks from Washington, San Diego, Denver, big playbooks with all these plays. I can't tell you where they are. But this one right here rides in the front seat of my heart. Every day. Where are you today? You're salt and light. You bring great value. God has a great plan for your life. That's not just talk. That's real talk. That's the word. I'm a living witness. Just a dishwasher from Spring Creek Barbecue. Nine years in the NFL. North Turner said he tried to cut me every year, but I wouldn't let him. He said, you worked so hard, and you played so hard. I said, because I'm not supposed to be here, and I'm not going back to where I came from, because the God I serve is a God of excellence. And he brought me here, and I'm staying as long as he say, I'm going to stay. How about you? We need you. Every facet of life, take dominion, because God has called you to it. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for these precious students. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you will be glorified in everything we do. Let your word go forth. Let your mission be accomplished. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We cover your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.